0: This is the Sound the Foghorn Podcast.
1: Fiala intercepts again, trying to find the handle on it. He does. He scores! What a play by
0: Fiala! Your number one podcast for the Minnesota Wild. i proud to select with the ninth pick in the 2020 draft from the Ottawa 67s of the OHL, Marco Rossi. Covering their prospects, the NHL. HL news, advanced stats, and much more. He
2: fights off at Chet. Sends it back to Kulikov. Cuts to the middle. Hands to Beckman. He scores! What a Close to work for the Wild. Center's
3: one. Ericksonek with a shot. He scores! Jewel Ericksonek. He's the hero. Here's away in Kaprizov. In for a team. And now here are your hosts, Brett Marshall. Zeke.
0: Boyatt, Hello and, Justin Bucky. and welcome in to another episode of Sound the Foghorn, Brett Marshall, joined as always by Zeke Boyat, Justin Baki. Sam Ren is back with us this week as well for a Whitecaps update. We will get to her in that in just a minute. But first up, Zeke, how you doing tonight, my friend?
3: Uh doing very good. Uh, just you know, again, happy to be talking with you guys. Uh looking forward to you know the next games. This will be a couple games on the weekend, which is going to be nice. And I'll also be – won't get to watch the game tomorrow because I'll be heading over to the uh, Maple Grove versus Eden Prairie game
1: down at the Viking Stadium. So that that'll be, be,
3: be fun. So, yeah, no,
0: I'm doing really good. Awesome. And, Justin, what about you, man?
1: Doing good. Just celebrated uh, the daughter's third birthday. Uh, the son's fifth birthday is coming up. We're doing the party for him this weekend. But, uh, you know, just kind of my short work week and – Got the salad chopped and
0: <laughs> doing yeah.
1: well. Ready to talk hockey.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get like kind of like a half day at work tomorrow. That'll be much needed. Uh, this has been by far the most chaotic week I've had since starting, but it's been a good kind of busy. So that's always a plus. Um, well, as I mentioned at the top, we do have Sam back with us for Weekly Whitecaps. Sam, we're glad to have you back. We missed you last week, but glad that uh, you're back with us this week and kind of fill us in on everything that happened uh 2 weeks ago and then kind of what's uh th- the big event events coming up this weekend.
2: Yeah, excited to be back. Thanks for having me as always. Um, yeah, we've got, you know, coming off of a couple losses right away to open up the season in Boston, but I think uh overall they were very entertaining hockey games and um you know, we've had a couple of conversations you know just with players figuring figuring out you know how the chemistry works and there are quite quite a few new faces so I think it's a lot of uh, the team that first game you know four to six loss against Boston I think it's just a lot of the players needing to get you know the lines together and the chemistry right and um, seeing how everyone mixes together but that Sunday game you know it was final score was one so um, definitely a, a lot better of a performance um, from the team there.
0: Yeah, And that yeah, game they... Saturday too. I mean, they were down was it five one, six to one. And all of a sudden, sort of roaring back in the third, it seemed like they might pull out the comeback, and they just kind of ran out of time. I feel like if that game would have gone like ten more minutes, they they would have won it. But it ju- just kind of ran out of time at the end.
2: Yeah, I think I think they all felt that. I know I felt that on on my end is that you know we just kind of ran out of time, but. Um, I think that shows the resilience of the team, that they want to fight and they want to contend. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, always reliable. Allie Thunstrom coming in and scoring a, a late one or two to, you know, bring us within reach of of winning. Um, but I think we got caught, you know, right at the end with, with a late penalty there and just playing with a skater down is, is yeah. never easy to come back for a couple extra goals there. Absolutely. I will say it yeah. does a, uh,
3: like you mentioned with the, you know, the resiliency, it reminded me of the, uh, the game in the bubble last year, I believe against Toronto where they're, you know, we're down four, I think five, nothing or something like that. But halfway through the game and came all the way back in the third period. So, I mean, as we've seen with the other team here, it's, uh, it's always good to be able to, you know, always know you can, you know, fight back and you're never out of a game. All
2: right? Yeah. That Toronto one was, was quite the, quite the comeback. I think it was, mm-hmm. A little bit hard to believe at some points, but you know, these players they, they have such a belief in themselves. And I know that you know mm-hmm. we're really looking forward to having another opportunity here this weekend, home opener, to get back and uh, hopefully split the series, uh, season-long series with Boston, and and come away with a couple wins.
1: It's, it's good to see the the second night be a one-goal game uh, as well. Um, I know the first game was six-four, but one-nothing is can't get much closer than that. And Minnesota is a good team, but, you know, Boston won the Isabel cup last year, but it's good to see a team that's maybe trying to find chemistry still, you know, put up a good fight against a team like Boston.
2: Yeah. And I think too, Boston had played a couple exhibition games, so they've that's had like a little cheating. more time to play as a team, uh, not just against themselves. And, you know, in Minnesota, we haven't had, they've been playing against themselves in practice, mm-hmm. for, you know, the preseason. So, um like i said before it's just about getting that chemistry together and i think that second day they they really found it and you know got a great performance out of lev and um can't have, can't ask for much more than that like you said one one goal game is about as close as it can get mm-hmm.
0: speaking of lev can we take a minute or two to talk about her freaking goalie pads because those things are incredible <laughs>
2: Oh, I know. When I heard that she was getting new pads this year, I was super excited. I had no idea what the design was. Obviously, her, her walleye pads have been a staple, an icon when it comes to goalie pads in Minnesota, maybe even in hockey in general, if I can be so bold. But uh, the loons are just incredible. And for for a non-Minnesotan, like a Minnesota transplant, you know, she played at played at the U and has been here for a long time but a Canadian still at heart. She, she really has the state of state of Minnesota down with, with the iconography. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So if, if you haven't seen the pads yet, head on over to uh, the white caps, Twitter account at white hockey, scroll down a little bit on the TL uh, to wallpaper Wednesday, and you can see uh, the pictures, but she has some sweet loons on there with just mm-hmm. a bright, vivid blue popping off the popping off the pads as well. Um, they are, they are some of the best goalie pads I've ever seen ever worn. So well done, uh, Amanda.
2: Yeah, well done indeed. And we're hoping to see them in action. I know she's still trying to trying to break them in and get to the point where they're you know a little not as stiff. Yep. She can move a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So maybe at some point we'll see them make their season debut. But you can't go wrong with the walleyes either. Those are also super awesome mm-hmm. pads.
0: Her, her right. goalie I pad think... game is strong. The uh the wild goalie should take notes because Kakinen and Talbot's pads to me are very bland and boring.
1: Yeah, I think the or uh, talent like one of them, is gonna have to put Tater Tot hot dish on their pads or
0: something. <laughs> well, Hunter Jones actually had some cool ones in Iowa with like, um, like a forest pattern and stuff. I think his might have been Brian's too. Brian seems to go go above and beyond when they come to pad design. But I just like e- even like when Flurry's done like the all gold pads. I just like when goalies, you know, have really cool pads or you know work, work something cool into the helmet or something. Just give a little personality because the, the rest of the uniforms gonna be so so matching, you know, often see a player be able to kind of express themselves in different ways. And I think goalie pads are a great way to do that.
2: Oh yeah. I think too, our, our goalies, all three of them. So we've got, you know, Lev and then our new goalie this year, rookie Jenna Brenneman. Um, I just saw the proof for her helmet, uh, which is going to be sick. And then I know Allie Morse; she's our practice goalie this year. She's also has a great, you know, white caps helmet. So you know, they've got it down, and it's such a fun way to show personality.
0: Take notes, men. Take notes. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as we mentioned a little bit ago, they do have the home opener coming up uh, this weekend. Boston comes to Minnesota now on our ice. So, we know we have a little bit of history now with with the preview gave us last time and the, the couple games so far. Um, outside of kind of that chemistry-improving, what do you think kind of needs to change to turn those two losses into two wins this weekend?
2: Um, I think, I think I mentioned it before when we were previewing the, the season as a whole, but special teams, I mean, we saw opening weekend that we have a very strong penalty kill, but I think they need to do a little bit better job of converting on power play opportunities and, and getting, you know, more shots on the net, um, you know, Overall, when you're looking at it, we only scored four goals in opening weekend where opposed to Boston's, you know, seven goals or even some of the other teams you look around the league and they've got pretty high scoring games as of late. So I think, um, yeah, power play is going to be a big one, especially against Boston. And then uh, just getting some more players to have some more shots on net. Um, you know, there's big weekends for, like, Allie Funstrom, obviously, Jonna, uh, Taylor Turnquist had had great performance Lexi Lang as well so you know looking for them to continue that and then hopefully getting some new um new faces on the, on the point spread there
1: and I imagine it'll help having the home crowd behind them I, I suppose that'll bring a little bit of uh adrenaline and, and hopefully help them squeak out two wins here maybe not even squeak out just, just blow Boston out who cares just just beat them
2: <laughs> absolutely I think that's one thing that everyone has been saying you know all week pretty much all season actually is they can't wait to play in front of our fans we love playing here at tria um the fans are are kind of electric and uh, i know we've seen on the wild side they've seen how impactful they can be you know at the excel and we definitely feel that here at tria so um i'll do a, a little plug here for fans to definitely get their tickets and make sure that they're uh, coming to the game and, and supporting as much as they can.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, what are the game times this weekend for those that don't know?
2: Yeah, game times this weekend. Saturday is a 7 p.m. start, and Sunday is a 2 p.m. start, uh, both central time.
0: Perfect. Anything else we need to know heading into this weekend uh, before we go and cheer on our whitecaps to uh, a, a, a weekend sweep over the Boston Pride?
2: Um, no, I, I think, you know, like I said, we, we just want to see a packed house here at, at TRIA and um, really make these, these women feel the love from our state of hockey fans. And uh, so make sure you head over to check out our, our white cap socials. Uh, we'll be blasting tickets all weekend and, um, you know, looking to, to pack the house here at TRIA.
0: All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's weekly White Caps. Sam, thank you as always. We're looking forward to this weekend. Hoping that when we talk to you next, we're talking about some White Caps victories.
2: Yeah, let's hope. Fingers crossed, right? All
0: right. Thanks. Mm, absolutely.
2: One. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, best of luck to the White Caps this weekend. Thanks again to Sam for filling us in and what's going on. Recapping again. Uh, be sure you're following them on the socials to stay in tune and cheer them on, show them your support and love there at Whitecaps Hockey. Man, I really hope I didn't screw that up. Yes, at Whitecaps Hockey. I know what I'm talking about. All right, (laughs) transitioning now over to our other professional team, the Minnesota Wild, before we dive into our weekly recap. Justin has an update for us on the prospects.
1: Yeah, this is a pretty decent one, but I'll start off with, I think, the best news of it all. Uh, Minnesota has activated Matthew Boldy.
0: Let's go. baby. Him.
1: Yes, they've assigned him to the Iowa Wild and he could play this weekend.
0: Oh, Bully Rossi Beckman, Sweet. give it to us. Yes. Give it to us, baby. Please we <laughs> want <to> see it.
1: <laughs> <Really>. So excited. <laughs> but, yeah, great yeah, to hear have he's made that.
0: the recovery and is look and aiming to come back. That's that's very exciting. Congrats to Matt. Yeah,
1: can't wait. Absolutely. When the injury looked like it could have been like possibly season ending. Right. Yeah. Like for it to be what it was, I mean, you don't want any injuries, but it's so glad that he I'm so glad he's back and able to get time in this year. But very exciting, but yeah, I was going to have to build off of last weekend. They swept Milwaukee, which is Nashville's uh, AHL team. Rossi had four has four points in his last three games, and he has now moved into a tie with Mason Shaw and Nick Sweeney for uh, the team leading points. He has an eight-game point streak as well. So Rossi's really starting to, you know, after that weekend where he missed, he wasn't feeling well. He's really
0: up and getting yes. boldy back. Look out, baby. Yes,
1: <laughs> It's only good things from there, from here. <laughs> yep. uh, for the rest of the prospects, uh, I kind of touch on the ones that just do well or there's big news. Carson Lambos continues his point-per-game pace, has 18 points in 18 games, seems to get at least an assist every night uh his team is so good between winnipeg and, and Kamloops, we have prospects in some pretty good positions in the whl uh damon hunt is picking things back up after he served what i believe was a four game suspension for a hit to the head or something like that I, I think that's what it was but he's he's back to 10 points in 12 games and kind of had a get back to you know playing hockey after that that suspension and Had a couple games where he didn't pick up any points. I know points aren't everything for defensemen, but Damon Hunt seems to be one of those almost point-per-game defensemen in the WHL, so it's good to see him picking things back up. Uh, Murat, who's Nadinov, he was one of the points leaders for Russia on the Karhala Cup. Uh, They ended up taking third place. He got two assists, which was the third-place game. So I I think there's one guy ahead of him with three points on Russia, but it's good to see him. Do well, and he also got to wear the assistant captain um, jersey, on his jersey. Jesper Wallsted played in the Four Nations tournament. I can't remember how Sweden finished. They lost both two games, at least two. The two games I saw, they played. He played in the first game. They lost three nothing. He only allowed two goals. The third goal was an empty net. I didn't really see how he did in the second game, but Sweden lost five to two. It, it just seems like no matter where he goes, he he doesn't get goal support. He he gives him a chance to win, but uh, the goal support just isn't there. Uh, a couple other things. Jack Pert is back for SCSU after missing a weekend. Uh, he was day to day, and now he's back. He scored a goal, which it was pretty much a dart. So yeah, if you nice haven't seen tonight.
2: that,
1: yeah. If you haven't seen the goal, it's on the prospects page. <laughs> you just have to find it on the timeline somewhere. <laughs> and then uh, kind of hitting on three more guys. Uh, Piller, he's so good. He's got uh, 24 points, 15 games. Continues to tear up the WHL. Jack McBain is, yeah. (laughs) Jack McBain, 16 points, 12 games. Seems like every weekend he picks up a point or two, at least for Boston College. And then Pavel Novak is heating up too. He's got, what is it, 18 points in 12 games, eight goals, 10 assists. So those are the guys that are pretty much doing very well right now so you know a lot of good news with our
2: prospects
0: always like to hear that as the wild we know will need some contributions from some of these guys mm-hmm. um, you know this year and then into the next two three years here so hoping to continue to see those guys develop obviously we we'll be keeping a close eye on Matt Boldy and how that return looks for him mm-hmm. um, this is a guy that I think a lot of us thought would kind of make the opening night roster and then of course in that last preseason game he gets the injury has to sit out and now obviously he's going to you know, I would look at this as a potential, almost like conditioning stint. Um, mm-hmm. We know they haven't been happy with Greenway. We've seen, you know, Victor Raspi a healthy scratch. Ram um, Pitlick's been mixing in. Bukestad is, you know, kind of been pigeonholed on the fourth line. So, you know, if he really starts to flash in there, I think there could be a spot for him um, if 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 he really impresses down there.
1: Absolutely. You know, you want to see him up on the roster. At worst comes to worst, he him and rossi and beckman all spend another season in iowa together you know first power play first line type stuff Mm -hmm. you know you'll see these guys in the nhl and then in the nhl for a long time so if it's one more season to wait which i i don't think it will be but if worse comes to worse then that's not bad either
3: yeah like yeah like brett just said they need them uh the next few years not this
0: year so yeah exactly all right well let's move in to uh no analytics today. Um, feel like we've hit them hard kind of the last two weeks. Nothing drastically new to talk about this week. I'll have some put together again now, probably next week, hopefully. Um, but let's take a look at the Minnesota Wild's uh, last three games since we last met. Obviously, we recorded before the Vegas game last week when they were coming off a four-game winning streak, and Vegas snapped that with a three-two win over the Wild. They made a late push in the third, scored two goals to make it close. But ultimately, they let a uh, couple of rookies score their first career goals um, early mm-hmm. in the first, and got off to a slow start, and just weren't able to to rebound and pull it out in the end.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, like you said, the the first period especially was, you know, I don't know, maybe it may be embarrassing is the right term, but you know, we uh, I think we tweeted out from our account too, and everyone was saying that Vegas is missing almost all of their top six, and obviously, you know, Eichel and Stone, et cetera, were out, and they even played their backup goalie. Uh, uh, his Nielsen, I think, uh, in net that night, and, uh,
0: Brassois, you know, just, I believe,
1: is oh, yeah, yeah, Lawrence, Lawrence shot, okay, yes,
0: outshot okay. so, 16 to 5 in that first period as yeah. well, yeah. And, uh, I mean,
3: there just wasn't some some not great play, and especially on defense there. I mean, Kulikov and Golikovsky both got walked by two guys who I think had a combined like mm-hmm. two NHL games played in their career, so yeah, it, not great, yeah, it was not, it was not, uh, it just, even though Everson said he liked their start, uh, it just didn't look like they were really there. I guess.
1: No, and it it seemed like they almost, I don't know, expected to win or came in thought yeah. they were going to win because of all the injuries and and just kind of got smacked in the mouth a little bit. Uh, another thing that, you know, we come back three to two, and make it a game, have a power play at the end of the game, but when you go over six on the power Sheesh. play, that's that's tough. That's something that uh, really needs to be worked on, but if they could have scored two power play goals out of the six, they could have won that game even but uh 0 for six is a pretty rough rough look
0: yeah and we'll we'll talk about the power play more in a little bit and just to add on to that uh that that piece of the power play at the end of the game i don't I'm not sure that they had a six on four and I don't know that one they even hardly got a shot on net and two they even hardly had zone time. It was just embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. The whole night, the power play was just discombobulated, and that's mm-hmm. that's continued a trend we've seen. As I said, we'll uh, we'll talk more about that. Um, did bounce back um, against the okay, Kraken on uh Saturday night, uh, knocking them out four to two. Um, Seattle kind of got some late goals, and Minnesota was kind of defending the lead. Um, but uh, another, you know, Cam Talbot seems to. You know, he's had a lot of rough games this year, but his two against Seattle have been two of his best of the year and he, he played a really strong game, um, turning away twenty eight of thirty Seattle shots.
1: And a rem Pitlick hat trick, so he basically won the game for us. Natural hat trick. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. that was pretty awesome to see. And I I felt like that game we really really got to see how fast he is. Like I didn't realize how quick Pitlick was, but uh he's been looking pretty quick on the ice out there.
3: Yeah, you to... uh Repped with the uh, the old jinx over there. Uh, yeah, the night before, right
0: no, the game before, I chirped him, said he wasn't that impressive. Uh, you know, we reverse jinx some players last year on the yeah. pod. I'd figure I'd give another shot, and sure, sure enough, it worked. So,
3: although the previous game we praised Kulakov, and then two minutes in he gets absolutely walked. So, see, it's it's, uh, it's the the reverse jinx. It, it, it goes yeah. both ways. So we got we, yeah. we gotta tread <laughs> carefully. got to tread carefully on our criticism <laughs> and our praise. Can't I, praise we,
0: people too much, means, but yeah. we
1: can we can. We can put them down a lot because then yeah. when we put them down a lot, then they do well. <laughs> We've been trying yeah.
0: with Greenway. We promise. We've been doing our damnedest to to get the reverse jinx to work on yeah. Greenway, but he may be immune to it. Uh, we'll find out. But yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the one thing that may have gotten overlooked in that game, and it may by some, certainly not by Rem Pitlick, um, was the 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 play by Ryan Hartman. All three goals absolutely mm-hmm. do not happen uh, without without him. The first the first one he wins a race, sends a sweet little. Backhand pass all the way across the crease that Pitlick buries. The uh, the second goal, he picks off a pass in the neutral zone. And I'm still trying to figure out um, on the second goal why Pitlick was way up the ice. I don't know if it was like a weird line change or something, but all yeah. of a sudden he just springs Pitlick. And then the third goal, um, he just absolutely stands up. Um, I believe it was Hayden Flurry. Um, I think it was, yeah. Uh, right outside the blue line, levels him, steals the puck, and sends Pitlick in another breakaway. Um. So just, I mean, and Ryan Hartman too. Against Vegas, you know, scored the goal that got him within one. Uh, he just continues to be just awesome every night. Just seeming that he's you know scoring a big goal, making a big play. Um, and I think we'll talk about you know potentially looking looking at some new alignments or off, But I would maybe, I'd maybe throw a guy like Hartman with him the way he's been playing yeah. lately. Absolutely.
1: If he can feed Kaprizov like he fed Pitt, like I would hope Kaprizov would be able to bury a few goals. Yeah. Apartments have by far been between him and maybe a guy like Flino have been our team MVP this year so far. It's...
3: For sure. I will say a side note uh, that uh, those are three breakaway goals on them, but uh, group hour man, is god-awful now.
0: Yeah, he's had a it very brutal start to the year. I don't
3: think he was worth his contract that – I don't think he's that bad. either.
0: No, i i think uh, I think Colorado is kind of going well. We kind of dodged a bullet there. Yeah, um, I yeah. think they're probably yeah. liking having Darcy Kemper um, instead of Grubauer. But, <laughs> um, and then finally last night, a pretty disgusting game all around from the Wild. Uh, lose to the Sharks four to one. Basically, had the goalie pulled for the last like almost seemed like four minutes of the game. Uh, just some defensive breakdowns, um, especially on the uh, the second goal where. You know, it, you know, first goal, Kaprizov Mm -hmm. doesn't back check and guys left wide open. Second goal, uh, Timo Myers like, I am open all alone in the back door. And there's no one anywhere within five feet of me, um, despite me being, Mm -hmm. you know, five feet away from the net. Um, So some, some poor defense. The offense just didn't seem like they could get a lot of quality shots to the net. Um, Just another, a a pretty poor game um, against a team that should have been pretty beatable.
3: Yeah. I mean, my, my first thought is just to correct you that. Those goals were Dumba's fault, not oh, any other player. Yeah. He's at oh. fault for everything that bad yep. thing that happens on the ice. Uh, you know, there's no way around it. But yeah, no, it was just a pretty boring game. Like you said, they did outshoot him. And I mean, I don't think they necessarily were horrible, but, uh, you know, there wasn't too many. I mean, obviously X scored that sweet goal and Fiala had a couple chances, mm-hmm. but there wasn't really very many. Uh, you know, there wasn't really any sustained offense on time, really, or pressure. There's not a lot of uh, not a lot of high danger chances like they usually generate, and you know obviously usually when the team and they fall behind they usually push back, but you know once that you know they did have some control there after they made it two one they seemed like they're playing good you know they had a power play but obviously that got canceled out and Eric Carlson scored about a minute after and that pretty much was game so it mm-hmm. it just, just another one they just looked off for some reason
1: right and that that game left me pretty frustrated overall. I think yeah. more than any other game this year, just, mm-hmm. you know, Fiala played pretty well game, but when he went to get a stick, it was almost like he was dilly yeah. down and then Carlson Rockets that went in. I was like, yeah. that was his man. I, he should have been up yes. there. <laughs> that was just frustrating. But man, kudos also to James Reamer. I didn't realize how good of a season he was having for San Jose. Yeah, He's got a one seven, one goals against average and nine, four, three, save percentage. I know he's only, or he's started eight games, but he's, I was like, we should be able to beat Reimer. I mean, he's hasn't been spectacular his career. He hasn't been awful, but he's having a really good year for San Jose, and he just had another good night last night.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've seen that time and time again, and I know there were some goals last night that you want to look at Cam Taub and go, yeah, it's not really your fault. But the difference, you know, in a lot of these games is it seems, you know, the wild, you know, lead him in expected goals seem to outchance him, but the difference ends up being, you know, in the end, their goalie made a couple more big saves. Um, and I I, just, I really don't feel like we've had a game this year where either Calvert or Kakinen has, like, come in and really, like, stolen a game f- for us, like, where it's like, yep, mm-hmm. you know, without the goalie in this game, we don't win. um I mean, the, the game in Seattle, maybe, but I think that a lot of that push came late when they're already playing with the lead. um But mm-hmm. I just feel like we haven't really seen our goalie steal a game yet, and that's something I, I really want to see. I want to see some big saves, some timely saves. You know, we I mean, I guess the one I can think of um, as Winnipeg in overtime, where he makes the huge save and the Wild go the other way and score. Oh, yeah. Like we, we need more of that. Um, I, I know it's hard to ask your goalie to do stuff like that, but I think to to, to be a, a top elite team, your goalie has to come through every now and again, and we just haven't seen it enough out of Talbot for my liking yet. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the good thing is, is our our depth is helping us win games. Still be what ten four, ten? Is it 10-4 now or 10 and five? Five, yeah, I think 10. it's five. ten five. Still like. We can get that play out of Talbot and Kakanen on top of our depth. You know, the the West is pretty wide open right now, I feel like, overall. I mean, Colorado. Anaheim's on, on
0: a seven-game winning streak for yeah. Pete's I mean, come on. Yeah,
1: Anaheim. Man, they got some good young, good prospect, good pool, good youth. But, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, Colorado's going to be good. And you figure once Vegas is healthy, they're going to be good. But uh, at the moment, it's pretty wide open. I mean, you see us at the top for, for the most part.
0: Absolutely. Zeke, you, you sarcastically alluded to the first two goals being uh, mm-hmm. Matt, Matt Dumba's fault. Let's talk a little bit about Dumba because we are a pro-Dumba podcast. We want to give him some love amidst all the hate on Twitter. I want to preface, this is not us saying that we condone the Matt Dumba turnovers, that we think he should continue to do them or not work on them, that we you know, just accept the fact that it's part of his game. Yes, we understand all of that is bad. But what is driving us insane is the continued focus (laughs) on just every single mistake he makes being under microscope. Yes, a couple times it's led directly to goals. But if we sat there, maybe I'll do this one night. I will point out every single mistake every player not named Dumba makes, and we can just see the difference that it makes. But I want to just run through, I guess this is going to be an analytics segment, because someone tagged me on Twitter, asked me to do a little digging on Dumba stats. This was going into um, the game against San Jose last night. Matt mm-hmm. Dumba, first among all wild defensemen in points, shots, individual expected goals, shot attempts, high danger chances, penalties drawn, hits, block shots, and second in on ice expected goals for it, even strength. Like when this dude is on the ice, the are spending time in the offensive zone, creating offense, mm-hmm. and oftentimes it's because of him. And yes, that will come with some defensive lapses. But I think... You know, I think you look at um, – I think Joe Booley made a nice point about this in a, in a thread with me last night too is, like, if you look at, you know, maybe half of the Wild's big goals this year, look how many of them that Dumba has played a part in too. I think it just it gets so overlooked, and we wanted to, we wanted to call that out on this show.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but like we said, you're not condoning it, but I'm kind of reiterating what you said. He's an offensive defenseman overall, so he's going to come with some, you know, at times – defensive lapses, even though he's a defenseman, he's an offense defenseman. He brings, you know, we want to see him score more, even though he's second. But, uh, I mean, it seems like he comes up with a lot of big block shots, too, in games where he has a bunch of block shots, you know, on the power play or in a big moment, he's the one blocking a shot. And another thing that kind of annoyed me was the fans calling him a coward for maybe not fighting after that big hit last night. It's like, why does he have to fight after a big hit? <laughs> I mean, maybe he, he could have maybe. drawn a penalty there. Felino stepped in and fought, but yeah. that those are the type of plays that draw a penalty, get your team a power play, and give you a chance to score another goal.
0: Right on top of that, too, I mean, you look at the last time he read to respond to a big clean hit, he ends up, you know, losing his whole season. So I don't yeah. blame him one bit for not wanting to, to do right. that and just, you know, stay out of the bullcrap. Because in my mind, the fights, to me, didn't really seem to do anything other than maybe jazz the crowd no. for two minutes. Right. No,
3: and I mean, like you said, not only did it end of the season, but it kind of, you know, maybe reshaped the course of his career and the way he was going. But yeah, I, I agree. I think there's just that section of, of the fan base who just has that uh, vision of him in their minds and they go, he does this every game, which, you know, he, maybe he does it sometimes a little too often, but it's not every game. He's not worthless. He's not a defensive liability. Uh, You know, everything you could stat, you could find, you know, maybe he's not like, he's not Brodeen, obviously, but he's, he's much better than he was five years ago. And I mean, as we talked about before with him being, you know, one of the assistant captains now, what he also brings as a person, not the ice also weighs into that. And he just brings a lot more than, you know, the, the, his positives outweigh the negatives by far. And, you know, I think that the mistakes, you know, of people have been talking about him, obviously in Vegas last night, it's kind of situational awareness thing, you know, 10 seconds left, just dump it in. Uh, don't try to make a fancy move at center ice or in Colorado when he, uh, stepped up and tried to throw a hit, but you know, let their top line run right into the zone. But yeah, I, I, am obviously 100% with you. The, the hate it's kind of funny though, to go like, I went on Facebook the day after that Vegas game and there was oh like, God. on the wild page, there was like 10 posts <laughs> of people going, I was, you know, with the, I was right, uh, you know, look at me, uh, you know, he's terrible, uh, mantra. And it was, uh, it, yeah, no, I. It's...
0: I just want him to just like go bar down on yeah. a slap shot. I also I got into an argument with a fan too. I don't know why I engaged in this one. Um, about a guy saying that Matt Dumba, despite being the Wild's best offensive defenseman, shouldn't play on the power play because he's a defensive <laughs> liability. Like that was his legitimate argument, and I'm like, D- do you understand what you do on the power play? He's like, oh, they're gonna he's gonna give up breakaways. I'm like, oh, what? It's like. Oh my God, it's like I—I had—I think I eventually stopped replying. I—I I can't argue with stupid. Yeah. I just—I can't. And then I—I I will say too, you know, Matt Dumba knows he owned his mistake in Vegas. He—he yeah. he took full responsibility. He fell on the sword. He didn't make excuses. Like Matt Dumba doesn't go out there and go, Oh fuck yeah, I'm gonna turn this puck over and give them a goal." Like that's not his. He's not trying to do this stuff. He's taking chances, taking risks. Obviously, he recognizes the mistakes. The learning moment for him and i think he'll continue to learn on it and get get better i think that's the important thing is to own your mistake don't make excuses for it and improve going forward and i thought he looked especially in that next game um against uh seattle he looked he looked much much better
3: well you know if you were if that was true you know he would actually stop doing that and not do any dumb turnovers ever again so you know he really hasn't learned but uh, yeah no that's 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 that
0: all right I think it's time we talk about the power play. We got really excited after the home opener. I think they scored like three or four power play goals that night. We were hyped for Justin's prediction of the Wild being a top five power play. And uh, they now on the season sit at a whopping... Uh, eight power play goals on 46 mm-hmm. shots for or, wow. excuse me, 46, 46 power plays. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be really good if eight goals and 46 <laughs> shots um, on 46 <laughs> attempts, uh, sev- mm-hmm. just over 17% um, on the year. They're, uh, you know, they're ahead of some other teams, more than Philadelphia, Colorado, Arizona, New Jersey, Columbus, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Vegas, and the Islanders in power play goals, but their percentage is a bottom 10 mark in the league. And we just haven't, you know, we just haven't seen that power play be where it showed, especially when you just kind of look at the personnel that they have um, on the, on those units.
1: Yeah. I think well, it's my fault for doubling down on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not them
0: again. It's there, there's that reverse jinx, Justin. Yeah. He did yeah. the power play. Come on again. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. No, I mean, it's just maddening because, you know, Justin mentioned the game in Vegas, you know, especially when you go back to the second period when they had the minute and a half of five on three, which was pretty much uh, you know, I mean, they almost came back in the third, but that was kind of, if you don't score here, you're probably not going to win this game. Like even when they have all that space, it's maddening. It's the same thing. Pass the puck around the perimeter, pass, pass, pass. Uh, and then sometimes they take like a low percent shot from like the side way out. And there's never, there's never, there's just no movement. Like it's, I don't, it doesn't, doesn't make which any sense because... which was the
0: complete opposite of what we kind of saw through preseason and then when they did score yeah. those three goals in the opener yeah. there were guys buzzing all over the place moving their feet creating havoc creating space and zeke like you said it's just gone back to that like stationary yeah. well we're gonna hope we get something to open up here and even yeah. I think to add to that as we've seen you know there have been power plays where they can't even get the freaking puck into the goddamn zone yeah. it's like you have an extra guy in the ice and all they're right. turning mm-hmm. pucks off the blue line. And they're going the other way. And the other thing that infuriates me that this team does all the time, especially the second unit, they don't really have a puck carrier. So dump the puck. And if it's not dumped hard enough, you just give it back to their team. They send it right down back the ice again. Like, if you don't feel like you have a lane in, just regroup and try again. Like, Mm -hmm. possess the puck because you're only going to lose 10 seconds regrouping instead of 30 if you dump it in, lose it, and then have to go chase it down and come all the way back in again.
1: You know what, what frustrates me? So I feel like a lot of games our power play two looks a little better than our power play one, even though our power play one has more talent. It's like it's almost like power play one gets too pretty, Man. and maybe may, maybe tries to make a stupid pass and and it gets picked off and sent down the ice, and they got to try and regroup, get back in the zone. They you know maybe get back in the zone, do it again. It just it's frustrating because sometimes you see the power play two will get out there. And they're moving the puck. They're getting shots. They look like the better unit, and not that they're bad players, but when you got a guy like Capriza and Fiala on your power play unit, I think and Zucarilla, it should look better mm-hmm. than it has.
3: And I know, and I know, like you know, we've said many times, it's kind of it's pretty hard to get shots through, obviously in the NHL today. I mean, teams block really well, especially on the kill. Mm-hmm. But you know, everyone says it on every for every team every year, but they really do sometimes just need to shoot the puck because. You know, your only way. I mean, you just got to create chaos, like in some way, like get a dirty goal. Because, like, like Justin mentioned that, you know, obviously we see Kaprizov and Zuccarello try to play five on five, like you mentioned that pretty game. I think they they tried on there, and I, I guess it doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense because we thought come into this year, as Brett mentioned, the first game, like they've never had this much talent. You know, there's there's no way they're not at least passable, but they they're garbage still so yeah
0: Yeah, Justin as you mentioned I mean that that our our power play against Vegas was the difference between winning and losing that game if Mm -hmm. you put in if you put in one goal on your six power plays you get a point in that game Uh, But you go for six and you end up with a loss yeah so uh let's talk about some more struggles Kirill Kaprizov up next on the docket, you know, we've we've gone back and forth in him all year, you know. He's had some good stretches, he's had some bad stretches. But we just, I, it just feels like we just quite, we haven't quite seen that dynamic, creative puck mover, sniper, you know, game breaker that we've seen in past years. It seems like more that's, that feels like it's, to me, feels like it's transitioned more back to Fiala, who seems to be kind of making those bigger plays. And, you know, a couple of games like, ah, you didn't have Zuccarello, um, I do wonder if he's been playing through an injury. Um, there were some fans on Twitter saying he was kind of, you know, may have been grabbing at his ankle during warmups the other night. Um, one fan speculated he's adjusting mm-hmm. his shin pad, but I mean, you look at that home opener when he crashed into the boards, you know, if he, you know, maybe nursing some sort of low ankle sprain or something, you know, a playable injury, but you want to come on and say, ah, oh, Capri saw doing an ankle injury. Cause what do teams do? They're going to, they're going to target that ankle a little bit, but. I I don't know. It's it's just something just not clicking there, and I wonder if it's time to you know maybe move him and Zuccarello away from one another. Maybe you know, I love I love Freddie Goodrill, the player, but you know I don't you know I think he has about as much offensive gift as Victor yeah. Rast does. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I would I would like to see Hartman maybe get a shot there. Um, act obviously they didn't yeah. like didn't work, but you know let's let's maybe try to f- switch something up there.
1: Yeah, it does seem like his skating is a little off. He's. He's not the Calder Kaprizov. I mean, he has, but he's not. He's. I feel like we're seeing less of the Mohawk skating, less of, less of him coming out with the puck. But when he when he's along the board, it seems like last year he'd be on the boards with the board battle and he'd come out with it every single time. And he's, this he's year, word
0: like stick infraction penalties too.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's happening as much this year.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I think. Th- obviously the the injury thing was the first thing that everyone was speculating i mean i think Rooster said many times that he's talked to him and apparently he seems fine and you know the other you know remember that comment that on that video that evison made that said you look kind of chunky that's kind of a joke thing that people kind of were maybe starting you know with the slower skating you know Russo also said that he you know looks like he's in great shape and his point on his uh, podcast today was that sometimes guys can maybe be in too good of a shape where they build up so much muscle was one thing he said is technically possible, which I, again, I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. And, you know, he's just not, doesn't have the same movement, but like you said, it's uh it's weird because he, he mentioned this too, but there was a, I don't know if you guys remember in that San Jose game the other night, kind of and I think it was in the second period, he got a pass uh, going the other way where, you know, you thought, oh, maybe you had a chance for like a, you know, breakaway, partial break or whatever. But he just stopped and pulled up at the blue line and tried to do a, you know, I tried to make another move because he didn't couldn't get the jump on the defenseman. And, you know, not that he's ever been blazing speed like Fiala, able to beat guys. But, you know, you guys just said it. He's just not the he's really not doing anything on the ice uh, that uh, pretty much at all. I mean, just backhand spin passes into skates to nowhere. Every time they're in the offensive zone, it's uh, just—it's weird. I mean, I'm I'm sure he'll be fine, but you uh, don't—it's—it's not great uh, after signing the big deal to come out and look like that. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, all that said, he is still, I think, um, a point per game player right now, um, on pace to be, I think think Gabrick did it once um, was at a point per game or higher and I don't think the mm-hmm. Wild have had another player hit that mark in their franchise so still like on pace to statistically have one of the best season wild history but a lot of that's come on You know, we've seen some mm-hmm. secondary assists in there he, he started to pot some goals as of late but I know one thing we hit on so much last year especially early on how many primary points he had between you know there was scoring the goal or being that yeah. the last pass before the goal was scored we just haven't seen that as much um, that's more where my concern I think lies. And and at times too, I feel like we've seen him, you know, m- make that nice play and all of a sudden scoring hands are creating, but it just seems like they aren't clicking mm. at as of high of rates as we've seen in the past. So yeah, I'd I, I, I be for maybe just tinkering some things, throw a new center in there, throw a different winger there. I I mean I don't know mm-hmm. who. They obviously they tried Fiala there, that didn't work. Um Maybe
1: uh maybe the uh X
0: Factor is Victor esque. Uh, no, there's no way. Yeah. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's someone like I don't know. Is it a Felino who seems to have yeah. a knack for scoring a goal? I don't know. I'd like to see Hartman try there. I mean, I, I will. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, absolutely. I'd love to see Stern, but I just know that's never going to happen. Cool. So, um, but yeah, a uh, mm-hmm. little worried. But again, I'm still. I think too. You know, there's a lot more. You know, teams had a whole off season to watch this guy. There's film on him now that they can review and stuff too. And I think mm-hmm. you know they're seeing he's, he's mm-hmm. getting keyed in on more. And I think too. It might just be an adjustment. You know, you've, you're playing against a bunch of other teams too, players you haven't seen before. I think, you know, over time you, you'll learn those tendencies. Um, we, we've seen players have down season and bounce back with monster seasons before too. I mean, look at Taylor Hall. He went from MVP to then yeah. bounced around to a couple teams, then he's yeah. back in Boston, kind of back on his bullshit again. Like, it, it happens. Like, I wouldn't right. – these, these these people, there's fans that are like, oh, we need to trade Caprice off and sell high. It's like, you need to relax. Yeah, just okay. go sit down. Put you your phone I'm down, not- touch some grass, and just relax.
3: It's like they're forgetting, not... oh, it's like they're forgetting last season, and uh, aside from just his last season in the NHL, just everything he's done in his entire career that you know that didn't that didn't disappear. It's there. It's yeah. There.
1: And, and another thing, you know, he is getting and not to make an excuse, but he is getting shadowed pretty hard, and and they're mm-hmm. giving a lot of attention to him, which may be opening stuff up for other players. But I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, I was going to say something, but totally forgot what I was going to say.
0: Yeah, that's right. No, the, 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 your point yeah. there stands. Um, I guess the next topic we'll hit on here, which um, the Athletic kind of brought this up as more of a holistic NHL problem. But um, contrary to kind of what I thought going into this season, the Wilds' attendance numbers are down. Um, average attendance has been, I think, more in the 17,000 range. Um, they mm-hmm. announced the attendance when I was there on opening night. It was over 18,000. Um, I think it was basically, so it's like 18,076, which I think is more or less a sellout now. Um, it might be a hair more than that, but then I, like the last, the game went to after that, I don't remember being attendance. I don't know if you guys have recalled the attendance being announced any games you've been to, but, um, the average has apparently been closer to around 17,000, which is, you know, a thousand plus under capacity.
3: Well, I could, the last game I was at against the Islanders, I mean, you know, that was on a Sunday night, so maybe that is part of it, but the whole you know, the one of the upper sides that uh, was on my side at the end was pretty much I mean, there were people in there, but there was large chunks of seats, uh, you know, pretty much open. And I mean, even last night you saw people were posting, you know, videos and pictures of, you know, lots of kind of sporadic amounts of people, you know, lots of room, really. And I mean, I think I think Joe Booley, obviously, we mentioned earlier, a friend of the show had another thread kind of about this, you know, explaining reasons why, I mean. Like, like Brett said, maybe it's you would have thought people would have been rushing to get back, but obviously some people are still nervous about COVID and being in crowds, which is, you know, understandable. Uh, we've talked many times, everyone has about ticket prices. And I mean, unless you're buying day of game where they'll sell them for like 40 bucks, you're probably paying almost 70 bucks to even get into the upper level a lot of times. And I mean, even thirty-five, forty bucks isn't cheap for mostly anybody. So. And then on I top think... of
0: that, you know, all the parking around the X is yeah. pretty much twenty bucks everywhere now. Yeah. Right. Um, if you're if you're not eating before the game, whether or not you're going out or you're getting food there, you're probably like another ten, fifteen bucks. Yeah. Um. You know, if if you if you simply buy the tickets and parking and you go with two people, like the cheapest you're likely for two people is probably about a hundred bucks, I'd say. Which, yeah. especially in a, you know, where a lot of people are still, you know, maybe getting underpaid or out of jobs or just, you know, maybe getting a job that paid less just to be back on the market too. I, you know, I don't think that disposable income is there as much either. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I might just watch the game at home tonight too. So I think that factors in as well.
1: Yeah. I think personally for me, I mean, it's never really been an issue in the past. I just don't go to as many games as I'd like to, usually three to five a year. But ticket prices is kind of, like, I mean, it depends on matchup too. But, mm-hmm yeah for me it's ticket prices it's the fact that i mean if it's just my wife and i yeah it's okay but if i decide to bring my son or something or you know eventually my daughter you know families say a family of five say in the future my kids are old enough to go it's seventy say 40 bucks ticket even that's 200 bucks tickets plus parking plus feeding my family i mean we can eat at home before we go and always but you know going to the x you always want to go to cassettes or something it's right i you know some people are concerned with the i mean some people might be concerned with the crime in the area i haven't had a issue going mm-hmm. down there but it's certainly a factor i would yeah. think but well, uh i think overall it's ticket prices and then another thing that might play into it a little bit is people might not be as interested because it's so hard to catch a game on tv yeah, so hard to have um, a provider that that televises it that people want to pay for. Like, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I find free ways to watch the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to right now, being a new homeowner, <laughs> I can't afford cable, but <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> it, it's just a whole accumulation of things that you know, whether one or many things that people use as an excuse that just it just doesn't work for them.
3: Absolutely, well, I think yeah, that's like you mentioned the TV, Justin. That's just hard. You know, a lot of times you can get the diehard people like us to go. Like, we'll go anyways. But mm-hmm. as you mentioned, if people that are maybe just going to randomly catch a game by flipping flipping channels or whatever, you know, if like you said, if they're not be able to watch a game from home, they're sure as heck not going to pay hundreds of dollars to come down to 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 watch the team. So, but I mean, I think the other part about that is I think I read there was an article in the Athletic that I think Sinclair might be going bankrupt. Within the next year, and that could no one obviously could have seen create. That coming. Yeah, that could create yeah. a whole whole other thing of issues. So, yeah, no, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's. I mean, it's not concerning for us. I guess for them, it kind of is. But
1: you uh, know another thing. I think sorry to interrupt, but no, you're good. It kind of plays into a factor. I mean, yes, they need the corporates and the sponsors to get money, but I feel like they corporate corporate corporatize. However, you say that too much. Like, I feel like it's made for the rich so you see winter classic tickets are so expensive yep. Yep. and yeah it's a special event and it's going to be but like a regular family of say three or four they they can't afford to do that
0: yeah absolutely and i th- you know and and as we mentioned this isn't just a wild problem I mean, this is a league wide issue the edmonton oilers who have two of arguably the two best players in hockey right now and mcdavid and drysdale aren't even selling out games like you're talking about you know these generational talents are on the ice, and mm-hmm. a huge where there's nothing else to do. I, is there anything else in Calgary? There's the Hitmen, which are like CHL, and I think they have like arena football. But there's nothing else to do in Edmonton. They have a mall. It's like living in Bloomington. Like there's professional sports and there's a mall. <laughs> like there's nothing else. Yeah. Um, and they can't even sell out games. Like where there's no there's no football, there's no basketball, there's no baseball for them to watch, and they can't sell out games. Like this isn't just a wild problem. And you look at you know even the the smaller markets, um, the Floridas, the Arizonas, they're like in the single digit thousands in attendance. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. I mean, you saw when the Wild in Arizona, it was basically a home crowd there of sure. Snowbirds and and fans oh, that traveled gee. down there too. And I mean, obviously Arizona sucks, which factors in too. But yeah, for for a league that's driven on gate revenue, it's uh, definitely a concern and something I'm very curious to see um, how, how the league addresses that going forward amidst all the other issues that they've had over the last year, year and a half.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Something's got to change, I think. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. I think that more or less covers kind of everything you wanted to hit on. Uh, the upcoming schedule this week, uh, the wild are at home tonight against the Dallas stars, the return of Ryan Suter. Norm still sucks. Yep. Norm still sucks. (laughs) And then, uh, they have back to backs this weekend in Florida against the Barkovless Panthers on Saturday, and then on Sunday against the two time Defending Cup champion at Tampa Bay Lightning and then the Devils on next Wednesday. We're unsure of when we're recording yet, so I figured I'd throw that one in There's a potential uh game before our next show here. Any any thoughts very quickly here, um about any of the games coming our way? No, just uh... I just
1: like to see us beat Dallas with uh, the coming in and
0: see mm-hmm. well, don't, don't, yeah, yeah,
1: you know. Thank you for what you did here, but uh, we want to walk on you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, it'll just, be, just a couple
3: tough games, obviously, with two floater teams. So it uh, would be nice to, you know, come out with, you know, more wins than not here next week.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I think it'll be a tough road trip for him. Um, you know, the Devils are playing some good hockey right now. Obviously Florida without Barkov is a little different story, but still a really talented team. A team that we all picked as a cup favorite coming into the year. Tampa Bay is still Tampa Bay despite, you know, taking a little bit of a step back this year losing that entire third line, but you can never write them off with, with the talent they have and um you know, Dallas should be a nice challenge tomorrow as well. Just hoping that Suter gets the same um welcome and respect that Parisi got. Um it was nice to see I didn't hear any booze, I didn't see a lot of chirping, it was a very thankful <laughs> crowd. Um Yeah, it was. So I was glad to see that. Um and also with Suter I think too, like the the hate wasn't nearly as n- not that preezy hate was warranted but like there was definitely some drop off in his game. I think Suter gave us for that the duration of his contract where he was here, I think he gave us some some pretty good years and was a a big part of our blue line. And I don't think it can be understated how good of a mentor he was for guys too like Spurgeon, like Brodeen, like Dumba. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, last year too, potentially with guys like Addison too. So,
1: speaking mm-hmm. of Suter, I, I don't want to throw shade at him, but did you see that uh, comment through uh, Russell's media mailbag about Torchetti and Suter getting into it in the locker room?
0: No, I didn't. I haven't. Had, like wrong, I said, this man. week's been nuts for me. I've I've barely had time to read my own work emails. It feels like
1: basically, I guess he they had a blow up fight in front of the whole team in the locker room. I think that was part of the big reason why Torchetti didn't get a chance. Coach
3: here. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, the other good thing quickly that in that mailbag was that Russo essentially said he thinks uh, they will retire uh, Miko's number here
0: probably in March or April, he thinks. so. All right, so I need to start saving the $1,000. It's going to cost me to attend that game yeah. right now. Yeah, I will yeah. literally do whatever it takes to get in that oh. game. I will pay yeah, for all
1: uh you got what you guys want to set up an appointment to go dan- donate a kidney each or something. Yeah, I don't know. I'm <laughs> you know,
0: maybe I'm, maybe I'm gonna go donate plasma three times a week and yeah, pull up my Quavo retirement <laughs> <laughs> my Kwaybe Jersey retirement fund or something. Um, yeah, no that that's awesome and well deserved. I think we're we're seeing yeah. kind of a handful of players from kind of his same era having their numbers go into um mm-hmm. into the rafters in at various places. So I believe um Columbus I want to say is doing Rick Nash very soon um mm-hmm. obviously quite a Harold and him but you know kind of that first franchise staple um, But yeah, that will be yep. really cool um, to see Miko's number go the rafters where it where, where it deserves to hang uh, for eternity so yep. yep all right uh well I think we're almost wrapped up here uh, as always any uh, final thoughts here before we uh, wrap up
1: Uh, I don't got any, just uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, another fun, fun week of hockey. And, and if we don't get the chance to say it before uh, we record next, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. So just want to throw that out there.
3: Yeah, no, I'll just uh, be a fun couple weeks coming up. Uh, also, uh, go Crimson. Let's beat Eden Prairie so they don't win again. Uh, that'd be really nice. So, uh, yeah, no, just going to be fun.
0: Yeah, um, my final thought, update on the merch situation. I just haven't got around to it yet. It's in the back of my mind, don't worry. Um, maybe I'll make it a goal to have something out by December so it could you know potentially be a Christmas gift or a little spoil-yourself Christmas present um, as we look to get some merch out there. So stay tuned. We're still working on it. haven't forgot about it. It's still going to come at some point, I promise. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, but I think that about does it uh, for us tonight. So uh, Zeke, remind everyone where they can find you and all of your work.
3: Well, again, uh, my uh, you can find me on Twitter at my same account, new handle, at Zeke Boyat, uh, just my name. And then, you can obviously, you can find my written work and all that good stuff ever at uh, zonecoverage.com.
0: Justin?
1: You can find me at DE's2004, my personal page. You can find me at KaprizovC with the Kaprizov Countdown. and You can find me at MNW Prospects with Wild Prospects and Young Players.
0: And as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh 92. Be sure you are following the podcast account as well at Sound the Foghorn, all one word, both on Twitter and Instagram. Follow our guest host Sam Uren on Twitter as well at Samantha Uren underscore as well as at Whitecaps Hockey on Twitter. That'll do it for this week's show. Three, potentially four games and a holiday before we talk to you next um. Stay tuned to the socials to find out what day we're recording next week. It's undecided at this time. We're hoping maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, but we'll see how things go with the holidays. But until then, this has been another episode of Sound the Fox